Hey guys, this is MC from MCMA Podcast. Today we have another special guest with us today. ST, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Mason? How are you? Pretty good. Uh, tell the audience a little about yourself, what you do, and where they can find you on social media or website. Yeah, um, so I'm. my name is ST. I am the host of the Next in Time Podcast. I interview like a lot of uh, startup founders and a lot of visionaries who talk about what they're building. That's like my main. That's but that's just my uh, side gig. But my main my main job is an IT consultant. And if you want to find me, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and uh, and Instagram. But if you want to really reach out to me, you can you can if you want to check out my podcast, go to nextintimepodcast.com. I'll send you the links shortly. So yeah. All right, next for time podcast is where you can find them. Is that correct? Yep. Next for time. Next in time podcast.com. Oh, next in time. Okay. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys can follow Next in Time Podcast with ST and his correspondents in today's episode. Before we get to that, you can find MCMA Podcast at Podcast Daily U, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We're also located at www.mcanimepodcast.com, where we do live updates and give the latest episodes also on patreon and fiverr if you want to do you know do other stuff with the podcast and production services so further ado today's episode is going to talk about the legacy uh, ash and pikachu's legacy in pokemon so a recent event has happened of late ash became a champion for the first time since the indo league you, what's your thoughts about that st uh yeah it was a spectacular achievement there so, it's like it, it was like a long time coming. Well, yeah, it was like twenty years, and the only sort of like pseudo championship he had was the Indo League. Well, I mean, if you recall, from yeah, I mean, if you recall, he, he just won. I mean, he only had like a couple of pseudo champ. Like prior to winning the Galactic League, I mean, he had. I mean, he was always either the top, top eight, top sixteen, top eight, or top four. But then, if I think I, if I recall, because I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of the overall anime. Like the overall, he, his overall victory came out came after like so many leagues where he was just like he was this close to winning or this close to like ah, i want to get it i think i think my favorite one was the hoenn league even though it was like he, he only made it to the top eight he it was still kind of like he made it he fought like very validly and also the Colos league championship so it's like he had like two championships but they were more like because these were challengers not like okay they, this, these were not like tournament style like t- like tournament style uh way of winning these tournaments like you know when you start from the bottom you all the way to the top but this is yeah it was it was more it required a lot of preparation for ash to be able to win those previous two but this one it's basically all of his experience and his like experience dealing with so many defeats that kind of got him to this uh moment well, we can say that uh you know at the same time when it comes to battling ash is very creative on the battlefield and uses different techniques and moves to come back other moves or advantages that he can find while doing the battle it's always got to use his pikachu at the end somewhere i mean yeah so that's yeah. a little bit of background of you know gala legion and how that anime wrapped up kind of in a nutshell i mean officially in japan but not the u.s yet. it'll come out in the next couple of episodes i think yeah, Netflix, yeah. Let's talk about the Endo League because that was actually like his first like championship esque title, like what main championship, win the championship. So, is that, are you talking about the Indigo League? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not what he won. He won the Orange League. 
Oh yeah, one round. And Indigo League, I if you recall, he he won the qu four qualifying rounds, and then when he made it to the uh, main uh, the main event, he lost to Richie. Like only because his uh, only because only because I always have to blame Team Rocket for putting him in the way <laughs> for, for being in the way. You know, Ash and you had to use up all his Pokemon's energy to fight them. And then by the time he got to the po by the time he got to the stadium, it was like okay, it was almost close to being it was close to being eliminated. But when he fought, all his Pokemon were tired to fight, and then he had a disobedient Charizard that kind of kind of like basically like that kind of ended the whole his whole journey into the Indigo League. <laughs> True. Only Islands is kind of interesting because like I, that's also Battlefoot too, isn't it? I'm not correct. Which one? Orange Island. It, Orange that Island that. No, Orange Island is no. Sorry, Battle Frontier. That's in uh, that's in Kanto itself. Orange Island. That's in that's Orange League is in the Orange Islands. Like, the way they went, the way it was set up was that um, Ash and Misty and Brock were supposed to just go like deliver an egg to a professor, if I recall. It's been ages since I watched that that series, and because you know. Because Ash found the league kind of enticing, he wanted to join it because you know, he knows how Ash is. He's always like he's always excited to compete, no matter what he where wherever he's at. True. I think it's kind of interesting because when he's in the Orange Islands, he's not not only is he able to win, but he actually gets like a really good placement and fights the different people associated in the journey along too. Yeah. Oh, what's your favorite moment about the Orange Islands? I don't know. I know. I forgot. I'm trying to remember why when I when I saw that when I saw that series it was like what many years ago and I think if I recall it was uh, I think it was it was the the different battles I I feel like that's where the one thing about the Orange League is that Ash finally got to really understand his Charizard better and really started to bond with them better yeah. because you know Jar like overall until it's the moment Charm his his or, old Charmander evolved into Charmeleon it was always kind of a disobedient Pokemon mm -hmm. it took him so many chances for it for charmeleon and then evolved into charizard I mean, like to really like understand ash and really understand like okay that bond uh, they understand the bond that he had that it has with ash yeah and i feel like that was my that was a very significant moment in the series was because of the fact that um he was able to finally bond with his charizard properly and charizard is able to obey him and he, that's how it became even stronger as a pokemon yeah true the lineup that uh, he has is kind of interesting because we had Pikachu, Bulbasaur, the Charizard, Squirtle, Lapras, and Snorlax, and also uh, Tauros? Yeah. It is Tauros. <laughs> the funny thing about it is that, if I'm trying to recall, um, the funny thing about it is that the uh, Tauros, if, if you ever see in his in his lab, uh, Professor Oak's lab, yeah. like he, yeah. he gets like he gets a swarm of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is so long since I ever recall, right? I can't remember every single detail which battled which because I'm not like okay I can't remember everything but I remember the the, yeah. the heavy moments that really signified the series. True, and you know the entire herd that of Charles that Ash has perfected Oak's lab was all caught from the Savoy, and it just keeps him there and. It Professor Oak busy because the entire herd all likes Ash and so does Professor Oak. I'll start with Pikachu okay, oh, if you think about. It. Always, if you recall the first episode, like that was where of the series, like Pikachu was always a disobedient kind to Ash in the beginning until he until he saved him. It's it's always because it's always when if you are every Pokemon that's been disobedient to Ash, it only started to obey Ash once Ash started caring for them when they're at their worst moments. Yeah. So, so with the Indily, it's kind of interesting because you know for the previous season, I think Kanto. 
you know, Pidgeot and Odafe were placed with Lapras yeah. and Snorlax. But it's kind of interesting because I think this is like one of the like last official times we see Lapras as well. Yeah, yeah the, he likes go of Lapras. He, he, there's always going to be every season. There's always going to have he gains Pokemon and he loses Pokemon. Yeah. And if you want to say that, I think one of do you if you recall, have you seen the Colos League by any chance? Yes, yeah, I have. If you remember Greninja, right? Yep. Yep. From, from a like remember it started from a Froakie that involved a Greninja. It was like it was like that was the strongest Pokemon. And, yeah. And then they had to part ways at the end of the ser at the end of that series. I think that was a he had to do cleanup duty. I think. Yeah, <laughs> all, you know, clean up all the different mega evolutions happening there in Zygarde, I think. Yeah. It was being a protector in that. And, like, the only thing that got me interested about Call watching the Call's series, the Call's League series, was that, um, it's the mega evolution part. Like, now there's something doing something fun, because the previous one with the Unova League, that was not my fate. That was literally my least favorite one out of all, because, like, you remember, before that, he was in the Sinnoh League. Like he fought a valid, he fought very validly, made it to the top four, and then when he restarted with Unova, everything just came back, went back to, uh, yeah, yeah, went back. As they say, they reset back to level one as every time for every league, they always have to reset to level one, and it was like the war. And also, I just never was a fan of the sight of his companions like Iris and Silent. Yeah, but well, moment. It was like, it was such a let, that series was, personally was a letdown for me, that the moment they, the, when the Calls League started, I was like, that was, just the first few episodes was like, way better than the whole series altogether. Yeah. Well, also, Kalos League didn't really, didn't establish until, like, think lot, lot later, and Ash is like, one of the first group of people to be actually able to participate in, in the league. Yeah, Kalos isn't, I'm like, correct, that's Aloha. Uh, Alola. You mean, no, it's a Aloha, Alola, but uh, I mean, Alola was more like, but he was just entering a, a, a summer school. Yeah, but still turned into a league. Yeah, turned into a, yeah, turned into a league, but that he, which he won, which is a good thing. Yeah. No, he won the, he won at least the last two series. It was more, he won, he finally won two important leagues that can be cemented in his legacy. He won, he became a world champion and he became a league champion. And I mean... Yeah, for those of you who haven't seen, who don't know yet, Netflix will be releasing these next last set of episodes for the uh, the Galactic League at the uh, I think the next year or something. I think once that's complete, then you'll get to see Ash finally win his last championship. <laughs> True. Well, kind of like that's interesting because I think let's see, it was Green Ninja. Uh, the other what was the other lineup? I mean, if you want to go to Bulbapedia.com, you'll you can see it there. So that's what that's what I used. To, I mean, like, well, I'll tell you, when I was in high school, I, especially middle school, high school, that was like my time where I started using that website a lot. I was that was like my escape route. True. And as I always looked at that, I was like, okay, let's see what's the next one coming out for Ash. Is <laughs> it was so? What's the summary? Because they they like I said they displayed the episodes that were already released in Japan earlier yeah. before uh, before you know. There's always a six three to six month gap between the Japan one and the U. Japan air date and the US air date. So that's where you get to really watch what's going on. And then it's like if you watch the Japan, if you watch it, the Japanese version with subs, then uh, you know what's going on much faster than the than if you see in the US. Yeah. Kalos, he had Lucario, Gengar, Dragonite, Dragon Wish. Oh, wait. Yeah. Dragonite, Lucario, Pikachu, Gengar, Draco Vish, 
and so so fetch really i i was there a wait that's for Carlos? yeah i don't recall i remember what about uh fro what about uh Gren you say yeah, there's greninja on there right that lineup yeah okay yeah i is it, like i said it's been a while since i've seen it. the only reason we i agreed to this episode was because i wanted to talk about the legacy of Ash, because I said, like, well, only because they announced that final championship and they made that once they announced the fact that Ash won the championship, that's like, okay, I gotta get, I gotta talk about it soon. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting because with everything he did, he finally like got better to the point that he was actually able to be able to win. But also, each series that he was in, Sailor was staying alone and not much connection to the previous season either. Yeah, this last season, they brought basically brought every single region he visited into the in, into the uh, into that one season. He gets to revisit Hoenn, revisit Joe. I think well, I don't know if he did Jota, but I don't remember. He visited uh, Carlos and then uh, Sinnoh even. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because the wrap of Ogalo with the International League kind of brings like more excitement for what it actually was. So him winning that was actually better because it was more people that were way above his bracket to actually be able to win. Yeah, and these are these are high level trainers, and you know if he, I mean, I'm still trying to see when he's gonna beat uh, the Elite Four of Kanto, which includes Lance. True, and I've seen. I think my face. I've. I think when I was growing up, I was when I was ten. I was like nine or nine to that was like nine to between the ages of nine and twelve. I remember watching the Hoenn League and the Battle Frontier. Yeah. I think that that was where like I saw Ash at, at his most mature, and also is he was willing to really is uh, he had developed a really interesting skill set from that was like the first time I saw the potential of Ash growing as a, as, an, as an individual character was before that even with Johto like people say that's their favorite uh, region or like if you if you call people my age they always talk about the Johto League and they said that was the that was their most favorite league to watch and but I always felt like only because he had the support of two older people like Brock and Misty well, I don't know if, yeah, he had the support of Brock and Misty, but this time he had to be stepping in as a more of a mentor and a leader to, like, his other companions, May and Max, so. Yeah, it was more interesting saying that, because now, not only, like, he's part of a group, he's, like, the one leading the group. So, like, Brock would lead the group, Tamat would lead the group at one point with another season. You know, different people would lead the group other than Ash, and they just go along with Ash because he's part of the group. But Ash yeah. now Ash is the one to do it. Ash is, a, is the one demonstrating his leadership on and displaying the for the for Hoenn, even though if they say they they find it's like I think because people I think there was there was a once a time when people really had, did not want to watch Ho the Holland League because they still had nostalgia for the for Bash, Misty, and Brock. They just like, I just, I'm done with the series. I mean, I had plenty of friends who said they just couldn't stand watching Pokemon after Johto League completed. Yeah, it makes sense because it was a, you know, Lynn Posh of the similar tropes and trends that Pokemon is known for. But, yeah. you know, even if you had different trends and tropes, you still have like different adventures to go on in different regions. So to be honest, I think the appeal of Pokemon has been a different region from the Kiko. So yeah, is that what you, is that what you think? <laughs> in the region. Is that what you think? Yeah, I think I mean, that's the Appeal. Yeah, that was always the appeal, but it's like, you know, if you remember the moment I, I, when you watch Ho, if you remember watching Hoenn, the first few episodes of Hoenn, he, all, he basically abandons all his Pokemon except Pikachu and he starts over. 
And it's like, it's been repeating every season since then. Because, you know, that was when a real change took place between Jota, Jota and Hoenn. Was the uh, the fact that, okay, because, you know, before that, you always, he always had the support of his Pokemon. And this time for Hoenn, he's starting over with just Pikachu again. Like how he started in the Indigo League. Yeah. So ever since then, he's just been doing that same thing over and over again for many different leagues. Especially with Sinnoh and Kalos and uh, I think I don't know, for, and Unova. <laughs> but that also makes the variations in teams exciting as well so who i mean you've seen all since you said you said you've seen all the uh series right who, what was your favorite series be um i only did like Stinto. it felt like a real battle it, you know the plot was not bad which was the last second oh sino oh sino yeah you don't know really it's like Sinnoh was yeah I, I can tell Sinnoh because there was a lot of a lot of story in that in that one yeah and then you know though I also had a lot of story as well yeah and I think my I think when you saw Sinnoh that was where I it's it's like I kind of always got annoyed sometimes when I watched Sinnoh the first few episodes he got challenged by his old like uh, like his what I call an arch rival mm -hmm. I think my favorite call his name is Paul yeah Paul and yeah Paul it was. It's like he he was like doing so well in the battlefront. He won the battle frontier. Yet when he, he went to Sinnoh, his old Pokemon went into level one. Especially, and then he had this Turtwig that just was so ineffective until it started evolving. <laughs> yeah, but, but that got, it won battles though. It's so weird. If it won battles, but then every time it's like, how in the world does Ash not know how to train Pokemon? It's like that's always that's the one trope I that's the one annoying trope of Ash sometimes. Like, how in the world does he go back to level one when he go when he starts new regions? Like he gets beat down by his old by a new rival every time. Oh, he doesn't technically go back to level one. He just restarts. Yeah, most of the time is just it's the only Pokemon that like continues through each most of the seasons. Jeez, wow. It could say that way, but I think if I think what would be your favorite Pokemon overall from Ash's Ash's lineup? Oh gosh, mm, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I like Snorlax. Snorlax. <laughs> it just let us believe it's because uh, you know sometimes it's an epitome of lazy people do can get things done in a way. <laughs> yeah. But if you sleep too much, you make it angry. We're tired. Yeah, it's like if if he if you bother everyone is sleeping, it'll be so powerful it just like knocks you out. That's kind of why I really like really found it interesting about Snorlax. And you know, Snorlax has been one of those Pokemon I play in the games just have like a beefy stats. Like the HP is huge. The attack is like ridiculous, you know, really good. And it loads all kind of different moves. And it actually can really do some damage on your team. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you this. Like, what was your overall, since this, is, this episode is not just about the legacy of Ash, but also the legacy of Pikachu. What was it like about you as this seeing Pikachu being this puny little po puny little electric Pokemon all the way to all the way till you know what it is today? Like how have you seen it evolve? Well, my first experience well in the game well let's see. Pikachu evolved through the eyes of Ash being able not only being a sidekick, but being a, a partner, an equal partner. Yeah. Integral part of Ash's journey, something he could not live without and Pikachu could not live without with him. The bond they fought is really strong and it continues throughout the entire series as a whole. Doesn't matter which league they go to, what region they go to, they still share that bond and the uh, Team Rocket that wanted to go after Pikachu as well shares it with them as well. Speaking of Team Rocket, they, you know, 
if the I always watch those compilations of the number of times they keep blasting off. Like by the t you know they must have blasted up oh blasted off over like five hundred plus times now. That oh yeah. The, they they basically defied all sorts of physics because if they just blasted off just three times they would have been they would have been vanished into thin air by now. True, but they also travel very far distance when they blast off. So yeah, there was this one. I think there was this one episode where they just showed the. Uh, the, where they're gonna blast off, they go off into space and then fall back, fall back into Earth every time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's so another. I think the three that most, I think the three legacy of the three important legacy of Pokemon would be uh, Ash, Pikachu, and Team Rocket because they never stop appearing. Like Brock can leave the series, Misty can leave the series, but there's no Ash or Pikachu without Team Rocket because he has to constantly beat them at every single nearly every single episode <laughs> yeah there's been several times where they actually succeeded but they messed it themselves <laughs> they all they they all they just snatched defeat on the jaws of victory exactly yeah, there was like so close to victory i was like if i were team rocket like why do they want to waste i always felt like why does team rocket want to keep wasting their time chasing ash and pikachu because you never Pikachu is a very special Pokemon. I mean, there's it's plenty of there's plenty of power. Okay, it, it was the what are the okay the reason why Team Rocket keeps going after Pikachu in the way they do because they want to capture Pikachu. It's been the only Pokemon to elude them thus far, and they can't succeed without completing the mission. I mean, they must have blown the Team Rocket budget by millions by now just to capture just one Pokemon. I mean, at this at this rate, they could have just stolen just a like couple of Pokemon that aren't raised by trainers, and then that could have basically sealed the deal, and they could have been living in paradise by now. I mean, that's, I mean, that is true, but at the same time, they might have spent a lot from the T-Rocket budget, but they also were very entrepreneurial. They made their own money. We see that the disguises they do, the jobs they take, and actually being able to fund their own projects. Yeah, that's why you gotta... Uh... It's like when you're a kid, you see Team Rocket as this evil, per uh, especially the first two seasons, you see them as evil. Then, then starting from Johto and then then Hoenn and Sinnoh, Sinnoh and Battle Frontier and beyond that, they start becoming more comical and sympathetic. And then once you go past Sinnoh and go into Unova and beyond, then they become more like repetitive. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, but the thing is, you have to admire is that they are all they. It's like they have. I think you could always have to learn from the bad guys to, if you want to be like an entrepreneurial person. <laughs> True. Where do you think? Where was your favorite business that they started from Team Market? Uh, what thing is they took as a job that you thought they could make a lot of money from? I mean, that's a good question because I can't. I mean, one thing was the Poke Block for maybe. Yeah. Poke Block would be one because that's like without Poke Block, then Pokemon can get strong. Can't they cannot get stronger? So you think them using Poke Block was actually very successful? If if they just be learned, if they just started a Poke Block business, they would have just say say goodbye Team Rocket. Why do they, why do they have to be bad people all the time? Bad people. They could just yeah. The, all these odd jobs they're doing for that. I mean, I would say that's if they just started a Poke Block business, then that would have been that's good enough for them. They have they could have they could have all the Pokemon come to them, and then yeah, they could have fed them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pokeblock would actually have been very good if it actually succeeded. Yeah, but how in the world does Team Rocket have that massive budget in the first place? You know, they blew most of the budget. At no, 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 I'm, I'm not talking, not the, not Jesse James and Meowth. I'm talking about the overall organization, like what Giovanni. 
Because they sell illegal Pokemon. The trade of exotic animals is huge. You know that. Yeah. So, you know, capturing Pokemon, being able to sell it on the black market to other people that can afford it is where they make the money. I, I think, if, I think, well, if you, if you recall, if do you, if you, do you remember in Sinnoh, there was this really evil villain named Jay, evil yeah. hunter Jay. Like she just basically had, she, she's just, she's one of the villains that just had no remorse True. Um, out, out of anything that they literally had, she really had to die in that, in showing the final battle. And I think it was the final battle, but in, over there, she li literally died. And that was like a saddest, it's like the most satisfying defeat of a villain in the Pokemon series so far. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, she, I mean, she was literally the most hard, she literally was, if if Team Rocket didn't have any emotions, they would have been like Jay. It's cool, but at the same time, Team Rocket is an organization that is dedicated to the illegal trade of Pokemon. Yeah. That's what they brand themselves and the projects they usually encounter is more Pokemon related. Right. I don't know, you know, the underground casino and everything else. Kanto. Uh, Kanto and Sinnoh and Hoenn. But what, out of all, like, what was your favorite traveling companion of, of Ash and Pikachu? Travel companion? Like the Pokemon? No, like, like the human, his, his human friends. I like Iris. You like Iris? Yeah. I mean, she has a metal drawn out character that has actually some relation and you know being the i think master of dragon type pokemon is kind of interesting storyline yeah i don't know which ones i think i have two one is brock and second is clement okay tech savvy and the doctor and the pokemon doctor yeah, the tech savvy and the ones with the invent. He's basically like, I mean, do you remember watching Dexter's Laboratory or Jimmy Neutron? Yep. That's literally, that's literally Clement. Yeah, everything keeps failing, and then Ash has to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, Ash. But I don't know. He's he's a, he's always. I think he was the most sincere one, other than Brock. That's why that's why I liked. True. And he was. He, and he was all he said. I really liked his protection of his younger sister all the time whenever she's in trouble he, she, he gets into protective brother mode yeah well brock has been that long yeah brock yeah brock yeah i would say brock because he's solid I and mean, he was a solid helping hand of ash and then he finally became a doctor yeah from a he was a gym leader to a breeder to a doctor <laughs> pretty much hell yeah even if that might seem he definitely followed what he wanted and i would say brock is and also brock i mean if if you want, I think the best food, the best food ever you want to see on anime is made by Brock. Or, or jelly donut. That's always fun. Yeah, jelly donuts. <laughs> now, I, I just I remember, no, every time, you, if you see Brock's cooking, it's like, you really want to eat that. And I always reminded the jelly donuts mean when Chick's dub nearly, uh, and just made it so weird, just start rice balls. Yeah. Why does it have to be a cultural difference? Why does it have to be jelly donuts when it look like jelly donuts? Well, rice balls. <laughs> huh? Well, rice balls. Uh, he cooked rice balls and they call it jelly donuts and they end up dub in four yeah, kids. Yeah, that's a uh, four kids dub. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, I think in order to summarize overall about Ash and Pikachu, like, you know, they have done a lot. They have seen a lot. Of, they've given us some of the best childhood ever. And then also going into our young adulthood, that I feel like it's a character that will uh, that'll be they'll be with us for a long time, even when he's gone. Yeah, I mean, even if he takes the picture and comes back, I mean, there's going to be new characters when it comes out to it. Yeah, new characters, but I don't know if they can follow that legacy of Ash. 
and I said the following the legacy, it's just, I think it just, at this point, establishes themselves. Yeah, like, I, I think there's a preview for one of the characters in uh, Pokemon that there was going to be, I think there was, there was like a detail that mentioned that, okay, there's this character, I forgot her name. That's, that's the new, I'm talking, I'm referring to the new characters, that she has one of those symbols on her forehead that's basically, as a, that takes the same shape as Ash's old cap from the first uh, season. Or for our first several seasons, so oh. they that there, there's a bit of a speculation that that new character could be Ash's uh, child. Speculating, mm-hmm. but but we don't know yet. Yeah, when you get the speculation, it kind of gets into crazy thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah. As uh, basically every show, whenever there's speculation, everyone gets so excited about it, they get so hyped up, and it's like, I'm wanting, I want this. This better be right. I hope it's right. Well, now that's ST's perspective of the legacy of Ash and Pikachu. Mine is, you know, I grew up playing Pokemon Yellow, Special Pikachu Edition, you know, seeing all the different emotions that the game could emulate of Pikachu. My favorite was probably Bill's reaction when Pikachu's all confused. So, and then you see it, you know, Pikachu bonding with Ash as much as he did. I don't know. I feel like the strongest episode was the moments that he never chose to evolve Pikachu pick you know the king. oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh, all right thunderstone i remember that one two times he they wanted to he wanted to evolve pikachu with a thunderstorm which pikachu never wanted to and i remember, i think every time but i think several ones like do you remember the what the episode where um pikachu tried wanted he wanted to release pikachu to his flock in the, in the first season yeah <laughs> that was that that was like that that was when I really started to really care about Ash. That was like the episode I really started caring about Ash and Pikachu so much because they can never it's like every time I watch the next episode after that, it's like you better not they better not separate ever again. Yeah. Or if they didn't then I gotta put I gotta put myself in the show and then be like, Let me let me rescue Pikachu for Ash. Yeah, I also like the so if you involve in a Raichu, you your Pikachu might not like you as much as in Pikachu form. So there's always this back of the mind. It's like, is it really worth going more power just for Raichu when Pikachu is who I want? Yeah, I mean, Raichu also, Raichu just doesn't have the, uh, it, it's too, it just doesn't have the personality of a Pikachu that, uh, it's just way too much of like, it has a bit of a superiority complex. Yeah, it does. I've always, every time I see a Raichu, it just, it always has a superiority. Hey, anyone's Raichu I see, even if they're like the nicest trainers that train a Raichu, it still has a superiority complex compared to a Pikachu. True. But hey, at least you can't say about the lonely, a lonely form of Raichu. Yeah. That one's left like it's something in midair. <laughs> do it. And also, do you remember the, I think, remember that episode where the first gym, I think that was the first gym, the first actual gym battle that Ash took part in that he won with oh. the right shit, Vermilion, I think Vermilion City. Oh, yeah. So, you remember, it was the first two badges that he got were out of sympathy, but the third one was like his actual, an actual win. Yeah, that actually was the case. And I'll be forgot about that one. Yeah, see, there's so much legacy of this, of this whole, uh, of this character that we that it could take like ages to really talk about every single detail as to what happened for each and every character. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's been going on for twenty-five years now. Kind of crazy. It's coming to 
a close, at least with, you know, continuity-wise. And, you know, having new characters being, like, good. Just like they've been doing with all the other games. Each game the a new character. So, I don't know. It, it could be interesting. It, but it also would be different, too. Like, well, what's well? Like, when you heard the news that Ash and Pikachu are going to end their appearances, uh, then the, their, their character is going to come to us close. Like, what was your reaction? Well, my reaction, I think, is it's fitting. They ended on a season where he actually achieved his goal of being a champion and not just be second place or fourth place, but actually win the entire event. Yeah, like a Pope becoming a... Oh, basically becoming a Pokemon master that he first dreamt of. The first episode... I will become a Pokemon Master. And I finally became a Pokemon Master. 25 years later. True. I think that's kind of where I see the fitting in. Is they finally achieved the, the entire goal of the series. And once that goal was achieved. It's time to maybe develop a new character. Not to take their place. But to cement their own. Yeah, cement their own, like, cement their own legacy. At least now that uh, I've... Yeah, well, I think the average person who's a dad, especially of a young child or, or mom, if they've seen, uh, they must have seen Pokemon when they were kids. And now they, I think their young kids can now see a new version of Pokemon. <laughs> True. And maybe the main character this time will actually age. Yeah. Do you think with Yeah. 10 years old. Yeah, be forever 10 years old. That was why I always felt like Ash at real age was not, was not 10, but it was 16. Oh, oh no, it's really hard to say. Especially, I mean, he seems, he doesn't change except for like the, the main series of the lower. That's it. Everything yeah. else like a similar style. Gotcha. All right. So if, so what, what is the, what is the, uh, so what would be your favorite, you say your favorite region was Unova, right? Yeah. Or second favorite. So your second favorite. And do you think, do you think that, um, the changes in the, like every time there's always this new artwork for Ash, do you think that was, do you think that really improved his character or not really? I mean, the new artwork was enticing because of the region or the refreshing of the looks. That was just, I think, a cosmetic thing. I really think Ash being said the the story was the selling point. Now that Pokemon's not going to use Ash, they're going to have to develop a new selling point so that new character either takes off or don't because that's usually the reaction in this type when they have new characters for, like, for a new series thing. You know, which, which could be, what, the new league? A new beginning? Yeah... It's gonna, is it gonna be like one of the Star Wars types, the sequels, like a, a Star Wars sequel series? I mean, I only Pokemon Origins, so if there's anything that they can, like, take influence from, is how Pokemon Origins stuff with Red, from the, you know, based on the video games, was, like, very impactful. So if they do something like that, or, you know, have, like, a similar storytelling, they could potentially drive up a new character to be in the ranks to fill with Ash left anymore. And, um, gotcha. So this wraps up this episode, the Legacy of Ash and Pikachu Pokemon Edition. Thank you for ST for being here. It was a pleasure to have this interview with you. Thank you, Mason. Perspective and pick your brain about. Yeah, thank you, Mason. I'm looking forward to seeing how the next era of Pokemon will will come to be now that we've ended a 25 year legacy. Exactly. Can't end it on a better note than that. So uh, where can they find you again? ST just for yeah you can find me on fa you can find me on LinkedIn Facebook uh, and also my website nextintimepodcast.com 
There you hear it, guys. These are an extra time podcast where you can see ST live doing episodes near you. And uh, as this wraps up this episode of Legacy of Ash and Pikachu, you can find us on podcasts near you like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. That's MC Anime Podcast in those, in those directories. We also have com. live updates and everything else at the podcast and post also we're on patreon at blog mc anime if you want to do different tiers and support us give original content and keep this going feel free to do so further ado thanks guys this is an enjoyable episode st thank you for being here and everything that you came to be in the episode bye guys